Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Harry Robinson and Jack Tate. Thank you for joining us as always as we discuss a 2-1 defeat to Valencia in the UEFA Champions League and look ahead to Sunday's massive fixture against Liverpool. To help us preview that game, Liverpool fan Oli Emerson joins us for a few minutes to give the Scousers' view of things ahead of that game on Sunday. On this episode, as always, we have our extensive youth roundup as a very young under-19 side beat Valencia in the UEFA Youth League, including a 14-year-old who comes off the bench. So all of that in series for episode 17 keep listening now jack a a pretty woeful game against valencia which has zero entertainment a lot of depressing moments and a lack of creativity effort and pretty much anything and it was a I mean the whole 90 minutes apart from that one moment which was a great goal which Rashford eventually finished off the whole thing was boring and depressing I don't know about you I found the Phil Joe's own goal pretty entertaining (laughs) no you're right it was uh yeah it was was another terrible performance and uh, coming off the back of such a positive performance against Fulham. It was so disappointing to see that we just kind of reverted back to all of the all of the issues that we've had for most of the season. Obviously a much-changed team, but it was still a very strong side that, that came out 
and we just had nothing going forward. We we looked like we had no ideas. Valencia were just com- completely dominant in the first half. And even after we went 2-0 down, we had a lot of the ball. We weren't really creating creating any massive chances. Most of us, most of the chances that we did create were just pot shots from 30, 40 yards out. Um, and there were so many times where Pogba or Pereira would, would pick up the ball sort of 30, 35 yards from goal and there'd be no one in front of them because Rashford would have dropped deep during the attack to try and pick up the ball. The fullbacks weren't pushing on enough. And there was one point where Pereira, Pereira picks up the ball. There's no one in front of him and he has no other option. So he just shoots. And it was actually a great effort and uh, the keeper made a great save. But it's it's just ridiculous that when we're pushing for, uh, for goals at the end of a game and Pereira can be our most advanced player at 30 yards from goal. Yeah, it was a, it was a game in which Mourinho started a team full to the brim with players who lacked confidence and that kind of defeat to a side of a 15th in La Liga certainly won't have helped. And the problem is it gives him the opportunity, one that he has taken in the aftermath of that game, to blame those players and say, well, you didn't play well enough. And I understand that because these are clearly players who have been given an opportunity to win back the manager's trust. Andreas Pereira, Paul Pogba, Fred... um, and uh, and a few others, Phil Jones, and yet they they haven't taken that opportunity. Now, as with almost everything we've said, arguing about Mourinho or the players, it's a it's a joint effort in terms of who to blame. Mourinho's tactics clearly didn't let them produce the display they wanted to. He clearly can't motivate them well enough. I mean, to be honest, it didn't look like they cared about getting back into the manager's good books, and that's when you know things have have started to get slightly worrying. And that that was kind of the problem. There was it was a pathetic attempt at kind of putting pressure on a on a rubbish team. Yeah, there, there was nothing in the performance that w- was really positive in in any way. I don't think anyone played particularly well at any point during the game. And it was it it almost seemed like it was a lose lose for a lot of the players that that were out there because, like you said, a lot of them were players who needed to prove something to Mourinho and needed to gain some confidence. And it was almost like Mourinho threw them in in the Champions League against the Valencia side in a relatively meaning, meaningless game, or what we thought would be a meaningless game anyway, as it turned out, it wasn't because of the Juve result. And it was just like, it, it seemed as if Mourinho was just kind of throwing them in there to say, well, here you go, I'm giving you an opportunity. But if they'd have played well, it would be, well, it was a meaningless game against the side that are 15th in La Liga. Yeah. Oh, the way it is now, it's like, well, even when I give you a chance, you don't take it. And so then I'm just not going to play you again. Um, and I'd be very surprised if we see the likes of Fred, Pereira, get anywhere near the starting 11 for the next few weeks and as a result of of this game well I I just have problems with the the team that was put out I was I was happy to see Andreas Pereira get a chance I think he won't get another chance possibly until he leaves United or until the FA Cup third round comes around in in the start of January but we had Marcus Rojo who is a centre-back playing at left-back ahead of him was creative central midfielder Andreas Pereira and on the right side of the pitch you had aging failed winger Antonio Valencia and ahead of him was aging creative central player Juan Mata and so it was no surprise that there was no pace to United's game and adding to that you had Romelu Lukaku who has himself admitted that he's far too big literally in terms of his physique and people are wondering why there isn't any pace to the game you've got sure you've got Pogba Fellaini Fred in midfield does that have much pace in it? Fred a tiny bit, Pogba a tiny bit, Fellaini certainly not. It was, a, it was a team that was destined to play at the pace with which United did play at until Marcus Rashford and Jesse Lingard came on. I don't see how the players can be blamed for that necessarily. Yeah, I, it, it's almost like Mourinho put out a team that had 
the slowest 11 that we could find and then wanted them to play as if we had the fastest 11 that we can find. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And again, it just goes back to this lack of sort of tactical planning on, on the part of Mourinho in terms of the way that we go forward because, sure, you, you can play with a relatively slow team. That, like, of course you can. You can win games like that. But you can't play the same way that you would have done if we had a front three of Martial, Rashford and Lingard. And you saw when Rashford and Lingard came on that we didn't change the way that we play, but it actually worked because we'd been playing in a in a style that would have suited them from, from minute one when we didn't have a team on the pitch that could play like that. When, you, when you're playing with the likes of Mata, Pereira, Fred, Pogba, and there isn't much pace, you do have to play, play more possession-based uh, football. You do have to keep things in front of the defence a bit more because we had, we had no one who could run in behind and really challenge Valencia. It, it was such a familiar narrative to a game where United start, to be fair, in the first two, three minutes. And yes, it's only the first two, three minutes, but we've seen that so many times where United start okay and it looks like, oh, we're going to play, play this game at some kind of, with some kind of intensity. And it, it all changed after three minutes and Valencia took the lead within, I think, 16 minutes. Mourinho's United side have a, have a tendency to completely fail to play at all up until the 85th minute mark before snatching a draw or win. And I think we th- this was a game in which we've seen it doesn't work every time. We fell short on Wednesday against Valencia. We will fall short again against other teams. And it was kind of... Yes, Lingard and Rashford combined well for the goal. They combined well again. Pogba and Mata started playing quicker. Perrette, everyone started playing quicker. Valencia finally decided to go past the halfway line for the first time in the game. And it's like, well, I, I understand why a goal boosts your confidence like that, but too little too late. And that's so often been the case. And, and so far this season, we've actually managed to, to scrape draws and wins when we've been in that situation. We didn't do so on Wednesday. No, we didn't deserve to. Like I said, we didn't. We didn't create, really, apart from the goal, a single opportunity in the second half that you could say we definitely should have scored that. The only goal, the only chance that we had in the entire game we 100% should have scored was the Pogba miss from the corner in the first half. But having gone 1-0 down, 2-0 down, did they look like there was any urgency from the team? No, not until the 85th minute. Did we ever look like we were going to be sort of bombarding the Valencia goal with constant chances created? No. At no point in the game did I think that we were going to come back. And that's despite us being a team that has come back from, from these kind of deficits so many times during during the season. We just did not look like we were creating any kind of chances. Everyone was getting frustrated. You could see that the entire team was almost just kind of shying away from from playing too much because they didn't want to go further down. But at that point, what do you have to lose? And it, it just makes it makes this result and this performance all the worse because Valencia, uh, sorry, because Juventus lost at Young Boys. And so we had the chance to finish top of our group. We're now probably going to end up with a very tough round of 16 draw. And honestly, it doesn't, I, I don't think we deserve to finish top of our group. But it's just ridiculous that given how important this match ended up being, there was still no urgency from the players. There was still no creativity going forward. And we really created one chance in the second half that we that we scored. And even after we scored that goal, there was still about five, six minutes left and Valencia really just controlled the game. Yeah, now we're, we're keeping this episode short so we will move on in a second. Um, just a, a couple of... One funny statistic in that Phil Jones' own goal was the first time a United player had had a shot on target in the whole game at the 47th minute mark. Obviously, it was in the wrong goal which sums up the game and summing up the season is the fact that Manchester United have now been 2-0 down at some point 
in 30% of their games this season, which is astonishing. 1-0 you might be able to understand in a in a poor in a in a team that has little confidence, but being 2-0 down kind of shows. You think about those games against Brighton, against Spurs where we conceded two on the bounce quickly, Newcastle as well. It shows how little confidence and how little and how badly this this team is playing. Um any final words on what was a a very drab game? And it's such a shame because the Fulham game was a nice momentum boost and a, and a confidence booster, and we could have gone in. The worst way to go into a Liverpool game is off the back of like not a just a nothing game, nothing at all was there. The only thing left for me is um, I, the best stat that I saw last night was Phil Jones is the first United player to score an own goal in the Champions League since Phil Jones. Yep, <laughs> nice. Phil Jones, that is, yeah, <laughs> he's he's something. I also else. saw I, I saw a great montage as well of his uh, of all of his own goals over the last like four or five years, and there's some some good ones in there. There's some great finishes in there. Yeah, he's a, a striker born and bred. Anyway, we must move on because the the focus of this episode is more on the Liverpool game on Sunday. But very quickly, a youth update: Nishan Burkhart and Aidan Barlow both scored in the first half as United came from behind to beat Valencia in the UEFA Youth League. They were already through, just like the first team, but it was an impressive win with a very, very young side that Nicky Butt put out there. United under-19s won five out of their six UEFA Youth League games, drew the other one, um, including a, a 6-2 win against Young Boys, and in the 2-1 win against Valencia... On Wednesday afternoon, Shola Shortiere became the youngest player in UEFA Youth League history at 14 years and 314 days. He's also the youngest player to represent United at under-19 level ever in European competition, which is a a, a massive thing. And it's, it's great that United managed to qualify before their final game and they gave the opportunities to players like Lukas Beja, Polish young centre-back, Harvey Neville, Phil Neville's son, Shola Shortiere, uh, Will Fish was also brought into the squad from the under-16s. It was just a nice way to be able to end the group stage in a very positive manner, unlike the first team. OK, we're joined by Liverpool fan Ollie Emerson, a old friend of the podcast. I think he came on a, a year or two ago, back when United and Liverpool were slightly closer in the league. Uh, it's now, I think it's now the biggest points difference between United and Liverpool since 1990, which is utterly depressing, but... The game on Sunday, for some reason, a lot of people are still predicting a close game. How do you see things panning out, Ollie? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely interesting. It's, de- it's got to be the close. It's got to be the furthest the two teams have been away in terms of Liverpool being ahead of United. That wouldn't surprise me if one of the Ferguson teams had got you know within about thirty points ahead of Liverpool at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's one of those where you know Jose Mourinho is your manager. You've always got the potential to sort of pull a result out of your arse it seems like you know you saw that impressive sort of win against Juventus earlier in the season in Turin where you know you sort of got your arses handed to you for upwards of an hour <laughs> and then you know one matter pops up you get an equaliser and matter pops up with that blinding free kick and suddenly you know you're walking away with a really impressive result and sort of one of the top wides is probably one of the sort of top three most difficult grounds to go to in European football um, obviously you had a good performance against Chelsea at the bridge so I, th- I think you you know you're gonna from what I assume you're gonna set up fairly defensively, try and hit us on the counter like you did Anfield last season with sort of the likes of Rashford, maybe Martial. Uh, interested to see if Lukaku plays after being handed a reprieve against Valencia and then turning in what uh, the Twitter feeds tell me was a fairly disappointing performance. <laughs> As always, but, uh, yeah, I, I can see it. I can't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think we're going to blow you away. I think we're really as as normal against United. Both teams are going to have to work really hard for a result, but maybe in different ways. In terms of United, are going to have to 
do what you've done against us in the past couple of years. You're going to have to defend really well and see what you can do sort of on the counter set pieces. Uh, and we're going to have to find a way to A, break down your defence and B, do something we've really struggled to do. I think since we played you in the Europa League uh, in 15-16, which is, you know, get some balls flying into David Hayes' net. I, I want to know, what. firstly, what do you think Liverpool's weaknesses are? I think defensively we are stronger than we've been in my sort of football knowledge lifetime. So say, you know, I'm 19 now, so I've been sort of conscious of what's a good defence and bad defence and so for maybe a decade or so more. And so that sort of constitutes the end of the Benitez period when sort of Pepe Reina forgot to, uh, forgot what a near post was. And then, you know, up yeah. until then, we've just not been solid defensively really since apart from maybe a season under Dark Leash when uh, Steve Clark was the assistant. Um, however, despite this, the fact we've probably got one of the best defences in the world at the moment, we have got injuries. Um, get get on to with what team I think we're going to play soon, but it is almost certainly going to be Virgil van Dijk at centre-back, but with Dejan Lovren, who is uh, everyone of football, footballing community-wide knows is prone to a comedic... Uh, he came on the other night against um, Napoli, and tugged uh, Milik's shirt as the ball came into the area for that Allison save, and then obviously lost Milik, which produced a very good save from Allison. He'd been on the pitch for three minutes. Uh, his only other contribution that I can remember in that three minutes was being past the ball and slicing gets directly out of play <laughs> for a Napoli throw. So it's, it doesn't film. It doesn't film with confidence. Although I can. You've got can Jones take your. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I take your Dejan Lovren and I raise you a Phil Jones. And you might just beat me there, but still, uh, yeah. So defensively, that. Um, Lovren making an individual error is probably our biggest weakness we, I think we might have Milner at right back uh, obviously Nathaniel Klein has sort of was injured at the start of last season lost his place to sort of the young combination of Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold and has played once this season we don't really know what's gone on there it's sort of been there's been some strange messages from the club in terms of he had a back injury and he was okay and now he's got an injury that Klopp sort of described as difficult to explain but doesn't really make much attempt to explain and so he I highly doubt he'll feature uh, Joe Gomez has of course got that sort of broken leg from the Burnley game so he's going to be out till mid-January so he can't play right back and then Alexander Arnold went off injured against Napoli. So we've got, and with Matip got injured against Napoli as well, he broke his collarbone. We've got a bit of defensive crisis at the moment, injury wise. So we're going to have Lovren. Um, so our sort of right back options, assuming Alexander Arnold's out, constitutes Rafa Camacho, who's a youth player who's impressed in pre season, but he hasn't played a senior minute this season. So I'd be extremely surprised if he's thrust in for a game at Home United. United. Um, so it's probably going to be Milner or Fabinho at right back. I think it'll be Milner. So that sort of gap with Lovren at right right centre back and Milner at right back with sort of, you know, Rashford. So if you say you played Rashford up front and Marshall on the left, want those two sort of, you know, peeling off to the left and using their pace and trickery to sort of interlap and jink, interlap and, uh, jink around those two uh, could sort of be somewhere I think United can get out. Yeah, that kind of leads us on nicely to uh, I won't ask you what you think United's weaknesses are because. There's there's far too many and we'll be here for, Foot, for hours. Football. Yeah, attacking, defending, passing and, and shooting. Sort of pretty what was much. that famous David David yeah. quote from when he was in Tavio <laughs> we need to get better at attacking, defending and passing the ball yeah. something like that. It was it was a kind of second in his most ridiculous quotes after we aspire to be like Manchester City. But <laughs> I also want to ask you about Liverpool's strengths because there's also quite a lot of them. But we know Liverpool's weaknesses is probably gonna be in defence, United also defensively poor. Where do you see United's strengths as being if we're going to get anything out of this game? I think it will be sort of the individual brilliance of your players. From what I've seen this season, you've had you've been poor defensively throughout. De Gea seems to have dropped off his usual level, which I expect fully expect him to return to on Sunday. But 
Rashford's had some good moments mixed with some sort of inconsistencies. Martial has been on this brilliant run where he scores a lot of goals and sort of uh, stuck a finger up to Mourinho in terms of how he's used him and sort of shown that, you know, if you play me, I will get goals regardless of, you know, the, how the attack's functioning around me. Pogba, obviously, you know, disappointing again this season, I think, seems to be the general consensus. But again, he's a quality player at the end of the day and he's able to turn it on in big games and produce brilliant moments. Obviously, you see sort of the uh, City away game last season when you were 2-0 down, they were sort of cruising towards the title, came back and won 3-2 and he was a pivotal part in that. So, it doesn't so much scare me as anything United can do as a team, apart from maybe a good sort of 10 minutes of attacking football team to be able to produce. But I do think that it's those individual talents, Martial, Rashford, Popper, that can produce a moment of genius, combined with the sort of potential you have got, despite defensive calamities this season. Mourinho's team's always got potential to pull a clean sheet out of a hat. So sort of that sort of potential for a solid defensive display, combined with some sloppy Liverpool finishing, and then United's individual brilliance coming through is probably the way I can see you best getting a positive result on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, last question, apart from your prediction, which I'll ask you in a second. Um, who do you fear more? Just give me a name out of Rashford, Martial and Lukaku. Rashford, um, based on what he's done, to, what he did towards Anfield last season, it was fantastic. All right, fair enough. It's always just interesting to get Opposition yeah. fans. I'd say I, th- I think Martial's probably the most informed, consistent player there, and Pogba's probably the best. But in terms of who gives me nightmares, especially the fact that uh, like if Pogba and Martial score fair enough, like they're fantastic players. But if you know if Rashford scores, Max Born and Red, star, star boys come out of the youth academy, it's just like oh, like you know, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely he's had he's had his quota for the career. No, he can he can. Go and match Diego Forlan in kind of legendary status at Anfield. <laughs> I, think, I think I think Rooney only scored one winner at Anfield, and that was in like I was a I was horrible, there. I, that was like, uh, Van Hal yeah. 2015. I think that was the most horrible of Van Hal wins. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. The scrappiest kind of goal possible yeah, in front of the away end. Yeah, so he had his ones. So I think hopefully Rashford's just had his one early from my point of view. Yeah, maybe Juan Mata will pop up again with a, a lovely scissor kick. But oh, what God. what are you yeah, predicting the score to be? I'm predicting Liverpool win. I think we're going to win 2-1. I think you will get a goal out of the, a Lovren or Milner error or something in sort of individual brilliance. But Liverpool will likely start Naby Keita. He didn't start against Napoli. It's fresh. And I think what we've missed in previous years against United is someone in midfield that can drive forward, you know, commit men, beat men, and sort of give Liverpool those sort of four-on-fours, four-on-fives, you know, four on threes that they thrive on in and around the area. Um, last season we didn't have that, and Ashley Young and about six of six of the United players managed to comprehensively mark Salah out of the game. We've got different options with that this season. Salah can go up front, and we can pull someone like Shakiri off to the right to move Firmino, swap Marnie around. And I just think that the improved attacking options we've got this season, combined with that man Cater that can beat men from midfield and drive us forward. Uh, should give us the edge, hopefully, for a uh, finally getting a long-awaited league win over you. Lot. When was the last time you beat us in the league? I honestly, genuinely think it was thirteen, fourteen, because four. Was it the the three nil when Gerrard scored twice? We beat you in the Europa League, obviously two and one. We didn't beat you in fourteen, fifteen because we had that horrible game at. I think it was all. I think, it was, old, I think it was Old Trafford. Was it Old Trafford where De Gea, like Raheem Sterling, played to striker and should have scored about six goals? Yeah. But we missed an inconceivable amount of chances, and I think Brad Jones dived the wrong way from a shot or something, and just won like three nil, three one. Yeah. And then obviously Gerard got sent off in the Anfield fixture. Oh, superb season. game. Fifteen sixteen, 
you've got the horrible. Um, you beat us three one at Old Trafford. Anthony Marshall. With, Mar- with Anthony Marshall. Oh, we've had some horrible results against you. They had the Marshall thing, and then the return fixture was the horrible shit housed one nil with Rooney. Yeah. Sixteen seventeen. De Gea pulled a performance out of his ass at Anfield, uh, and then we drew one all, I believe, at Old Trafford. I think Milner scored a penalty, and then. Was it Ibrahimovic that got the equaliser? Probably, yeah. Off, sort of, Usually him. Yeah. Random cross. And then last season again, uh, you know, I think part of the boss, part of the boss, Man United. Yeah, no, we we you, beat you at. I think Rash, it, Rashford oh, scored twice oh, at Old Trafford, oh, it, didn't he? Oh, I thought it was Rashford. I thought it was Rashford at Anfield. Last no, we drew we drew nil nil at Anfield. I think. Well, Anfield, almost certainly it, yeah. because that's that, generally yeah, the scoreline. That's the standard Anfield result there. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think we've got enough this season. I think Salah's going to score. I think. Firmino's going to score and we're going to win 2-1. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you that much. Anyway, thank you, thank you very much for coming on. Where can we find you on Twitter and feel free to plug any kind of work you fancy? Yeah, so Twitter is at Oliver underscore Emerson. Uh, I'm mainly doing sort of pieces for Anfield Index at the moment, which is a Liverpool fan site. Um, so, you know, go and have a look at my stuff there. Obviously, United fans, but I'm going to have something out ahead of the game. Uh, on why I think Liverpool are better equipped to beat Man United than they have been in previous years in the league. Obviously, sort of drawing on what I've just mentioned there with the navigators, different attacking options. So, if you want to make your bums twitch a bit more before the game, uh, check that out on my Twitter. It'll be up on probably Friday. I will read that purely out of kindness to you, but I have no desire to. I don't <laughs> want to read anything in preparation to the game or after. Hey, I just want to forget that it's happening. It'll make it sweeter if you pull off the unthinkable again, or even get a nil-nil, which I'm sure you'd probably take at the moment. Take anything, yeah. Any kind of points. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Cheers for having me. Now, Jack, Liverpool on Sunday at 4pm. We've heard from Ollie Emerson, who is predicting a 2-1 win for Liverpool. I am also predicting a 2-1 win for Liverpool. And we've heard that Ollie is scared of Marcus Rashford. Where, If United are to get anything out of this game... Where do you think it will come from? I think it will come from us playing a front three of Rashford, Lukaku. Uh, sorry, Rashford, Lingard, and Martial. I think the way to win this game, I, I, I've, I've pretty much accepted that we're gonna, we're going to play defensively. We're going to try and hit Liverpool on the counter attack, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I don't mind us playing on the counter attack as long as we actually are trying to play on the counter attack when we get the ball, and it's not just us sitting back and hoping for the best. And I think the way that we can do that in the best way is to play a front three of Rashford, <coughs> Rashford, Lukaku and Martial. We need to have that that kind of dynamic trio up top. I also, They're very willing to track back when they need to, which I know Mourinho loves. But I think those three are both the most precise on the ball for us, more so than Lukaku is, and also will allow us to have the quickest counter-attacks. Because I don't think Liverpool's, Liverpool's defence and midfield especially given that they're going to have to play either Lovren or Matip alongside Van Dijk, is not that well equipped to handle the kind of fast counter-attacks that those three can produce. I think, yeah, I, I would agree if all injuries are fine that we should start Rashford, Martial and Lingard. And as we said in the, the episode after the Fulham game, we both agree that Rashford should be playing wide and Martial centrally because Rashford hasn't got that finishing ability yet or at least the confidence in his finishing, to be netting every chance we get against Liverpool, which will probably be one or two, yeah. given, given the way we're currently playing. Now, Martial hopefully returns ready for for the game at Anfield. He's a, a slight doubt at the moment. We Both sides have quite significant injuries. We have Sanchez, Martial, Lindelof, Smalling, Shaw. I think, I think if we had a, a full-strength team of 
I would go with something like De Gea, Dallo, uh, Lindelof, Smalling, Shaw, Pogba, Fellaini, Herrera, and Martial, Sanchez, and Rashford. Possibly bringing in Jesse Lingard for Rashford or Sanchez. It's 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 very hard. You can see Marino's problem because a that would be if we had all of our players, and even when we do have all of our players, everyone has performed badly at some point in the season. It's, it's not really clear who is our best starting ever. But I think if, if Martial's fit, then obviously start Martial. And I just hope that Lukaku doesn't start because if his hold-up play was as good as it was in the back end to last season, so not even the back end, kind of the, the February, March, April stage of last season. Yeah. I think if his hold-up play was as, as good as it was then, he would be a, a brilliant player to have. Yeah, it'd be perfect because he'd give us some time trying to get out because I think we will be counting our own half yeah. for the majority of the game. It'd be an outlet on the counter-attack but the current form he's in, no chance and you're much better trying to play the balls over the top to Rashford and Martial and Lingard and get onto the counter in that way against possibly Dejan Lovren who is a weakness. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's it's really frustrating that Lukaku's form is so bad because he is actually the perfect striker for this game in terms of his style. It's really nice to have someone up front who can hold the ball up, give the defensive midfield some time to get out, squeeze up the pitch, and just give him a, give us give us a breather. Basically, I don't think in the current form that he's in, he's going to do that though. And if it's, if the ball is going to be bouncing off of him every time, which it has been, there's not really any point in him being in the team. We'd be much better going with a faster, more dynamic front three, hopefully with Martial back. I mean, I don't think, I think it's going to be a tough game either way. My only hope at the moment is, well, a couple of things. One is that despite having very good results this season, Liverpool haven't looked at their best at any point. Um, I mean, that's kind of scary as well, because you think they've still been winning all these games despite not being at their best. Um, But the other thing is, yeah. I think they are vulnerable at the back, especially it looks like Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to be out this weekend. Obviously, Joe Gomez is out. Um, and so that means defensively, Liverpool are a bit stretched. We might see James Milner at right back. Um, I mean, Milner, Milner always does a good job at right back. But it just means that that right side of the, of the defence, if Matip or Lovren is there as well, could be a little bit vulnerable. And hopefully that's where Rashford will play. And I think, you know, we've talked about Rashford's end product a lot and how it isn't good enough. But he is he is the player I would back most to create something for himself on that on that left side up against probably Milner and, and either Lovren or Matic. In terms of the midfield, I think that's probably a harder decision to make as a fan or as Jose Mourinho because yeah. Pogba was fine against Valencia but did not. It, it wasn't a display in which he went, yes, that's why he should be starting. It was kind of, he was no worse than, than the people around him. Fellaini was pretty much non-existent but I... I would be fairly certain that Mourinho will start him at Anfield because it's the kind of player he wants for the kind of tactics he wants to employ at Anfield. Um, and I think he, he was going to go with Nemanja Matic because he said he was resting him for the for the Valencia game. Which means you've got Fellaini and Matic and who's your final player? Do you go Herrera for the work rate? Or do you think Mourinho might actually go with Paul Pogba and, and surprise people. I would be surprised if Pogba starts at Anfield because well, age, because he's been dropped for the last couple of Premier League games and mainly because I don't think he did enough against Valencia to change Mourinho's opinion of him at the moment. That was an opportunity for Pogba to show Mourinho why he should be playing and to show him what our team misses when Pogba isn't playing. And like you said, he was fine. He, he wasn't the worst player on the pitch. He wasn't the best. 
but he just, it wasn't enough, I don't think, to convince Mourinho that that Pogba should be playing at, at Anfield. And I think Mourinho, like you said, I think Fellaini and, and Matic is pretty much bang on. Uh, I don't think that's that's going to change. I would I would probably guess that he'll go with Herrera for the work rate. And to be fair, Herrera has done okay in the last few games. He's been very good at breaking up the play in midfield, which we will need against Liverpool. I think if I was putting this team out, I'd probably go with Pogba, Herrera, and then either Fred or Matic. But none of those none of those choices look particularly inspiring at the moment. As much as I, I like Fred, he's been playing very poorly. He had a bad game against Valencia last night. But by the same token, Matic has been terrible all season. So it's not, not a really inspiring set of options in midfield. And the other, the other thing as well about um, Trent Alexander-Arnold's Arnold's in injury means that it's probably likely that Cater will come in and play. And I think Cater being in midfield instead of Milner for Liverpool will cause us a lot of issues because he's played very well this season. And he's a, I mean, although he's not as good defensively as Milner is, going forward, he's a lot more creative. And I think that will cause us a lot of problems. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they need their midfield to be so good defensively against us because I don't think we'll be doing much in attack. And I think the difference between Milner and Cater in terms of breaking down a what could be a solid United defence hasn't been so far this season. But sometimes Mourinho pulls it out for the big game. I think Cater will be uh, a big kind of contributor in terms of that. He's much more mobile than Milner, I'm, and Milner is often underrated in terms of that. But he has not got the same ability to break down and, and pass through the lines that Cater has. So. We'll, we'll see. What's your prediction? My prediction, I'm going to go for... So I, I want to go 2-1 as well, but I, I can't say 3-2-1s. Um, you know what? I'll go... I'll be even more pessimistic and I'll go 3-1 to yeah. Liverpool. I went to... The, the, the worst bit is in predicting 2-1, I felt I was being optimistic, which is sad. But it's Liverpool and we've got some very good results against them over the last few seasons as I was speaking about with Oli um, they haven't beaten us in the league since Stephen Gerrard got two unfair penalties at Old Trafford in the David Moy season and Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge went diving all over the shop yeah. um, so we'll see it's Liverpool anything can happen but that's all we have time for on this episode of the Manchester United weekly podcast thank you as always for listening wherever you are um, if you've enjoyed it if you've enjoyed the podcast over the last season two seasons three seasons whatever please leave us a review on iTunes it helps massively or just share it on Twitter you can find Jack on Twitter at at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find me at at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself is at at UTD weekly pod that's P-O-D at the end there any questions you have for next week's episode you tweet that account thanks as always for listening have a great week enjoy the Liverpool game on Sunday goodbye Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.